This is session five on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 16, and we're answering the second half of the question, how does the Word of God work in us who believe? My first answer was, the Word of God is at work in you who believe in that when you find yourself being a believer, being one who accepts the gospel as the word of God, and is so treasuring it that you're willing to suffer for it, when you find yourself believing like that, you know the word of God has worked that in such a way that you give thanks to God. That was the first answer. The second answer is going to be the word of God is at work in believers in that, in an ongoing way, through the very faith which the Word created, it now produces holiness and love and courage and all the works of faith that are expected from believers. On account of this, we also thank God constantly that when you receive the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but as what it really is, the Word of God, which is at work. It is living and active. It is at work in you, first to create the faith, and now I'm going to argue through faith to create the holiness required of us. Father, show us how to live by faith in the active, living, mighty, powerful, precious, effective Word of God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just stay right here for the argument first. Four, it is at work in you. The Word of God is at work in you. We know that because you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, for you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. So the point here is their willingness to suffer as baby Christians for the sake of the Word of God and not throw away the faith is evidence that the Word of God is mightily at work in them, producing this ability. That's the argument. And we saw it already in chapter 1 like this. Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power. And what was the effect of that gospel? Same as in chapter 2. You became imitators. Remember, it said, you became imitators. Same idea. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit. So it's this Holy Spirit-given joy that is so durable it doesn't uh, cave in when there's affliction that causes Paul to believe the word of God came with such power that it not only produced faith, it produced a durable faith 
that goes on and on experiencing such joy that it does not throw away the faith in hard times, but relies in an ongoing way on the Holy Spirit to make the gospel so precious to us that our joy endures affliction. We can see this ongoing way that faith works from 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So a work and a labor and a steadfastness, a work flowing from faith, a labor flowing from love, a steadfastness flowing from hope, and argued way back there that this work and this labor are not different activities. This is one work here, and it's just looked at from two different angles. It comes from faith and it comes from love because faith begets love. And steadfastness that comes from hope is there through the work and through the labor. So when the word works through believers, it works like this. It produces activities of faith. Here's 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12 to see the same thing. We always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. So you've got resolves that are being produced by the Holy Spirit, and he is praying that God would fulfill every good resolve that you have, and then he calls it a work of faith, just like in chapter 1, verse 3. Every work of faith by his power. So faith trusts the word of God that promises the power of God to produce the works of faith so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you because you are trusting the power of God. And so you don't get the glory when you, by faith in him, do this work. He is glorified in you. Then you in him and all of this accords with grace because grace supplies the power the power through faith yields these works, and this is the Christian life. That's what Paul's getting at here when he says that the Word of God is at work in you who believe. It produces the Christian life. Let me spell it out a little bit more broadly now. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. So that's what we're trying to account for here when he says, the Word of God is at work in you who believe. And I'm pointing out here that the Word produces the faith. And the faith does the work by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here it is in Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So the Word of God, according to Romans 10, 17, the Word of God awakens faith, and faith works the Christian life 
through love. Here's one of the most remarkable explanations of how this works in our life. Does he who supplies the Spirit, because all of this is done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do so by works of the law, answer no, or by hearing with faith, answer yes. Hearing what? Word of God. Word of promise. So you see how the Word works in and through believing. The Word, the Word of God is at work in you who believe. Because by believing what is heard, the Holy Spirit moves the will to do the work. Jesus said it like this, sanctify them, that is, make them holy, produce the Christian life in them, in the truth. Your word is truth. So the word does the decisive work in sanctifying through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me close with an example of what it actually looks like. Remember that Paul came to the Thessalonians and he said, I didn't come to you in a pretext of greed. I didn't burden any of you financially. I worked with my own hands night and day. In other words, he was trying to help them be free from doing ministry for the love of money or living for the love of money. Now, how does the word through faith free us from the love of money because that's what we're trying to understand the word of god working in believers to produce what needs to be produced in the christian life and one of those things is freedom from the love of money so watch it work now keep your life free from the love of money all right how are you going to help us mr author of hebrews how are you going to help us be free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, all right? That's the positive side of don't love money. Are you going to help us? Are you going to show us the way this works? Yes, you are. Four, here's how it works. He has said, that's the word of God. The word works in believers. How? He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. So we may confidently in faith say, the Lord is my helper. I'm not going to fear. I'm going to fear shortfall in money. Money is not my treasure. I have a promise from the Lord. What can man or human circumstances do to me? You see how this works? God really expects the word of God, namely this word right here, I will never leave you or forsake you. That word, or the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. That too is a quote from scripture. Those two words are intended to awaken faith, which frees us from the love of money. So I think not only does word of God 
work the very belief by bringing it about. Faith comes from hearing. But the Word of God, in an ongoing way, produces a freedom from the love of money so that we can be free to suffer for Jesus because he is vastly more precious, a greater treasure, more satisfying than anything money or anything else can buy. And it's the word that assures us of that and belief that lays hold on it and all the fruits of the Christian life flow from it. Just like he said back here, I exhort each one of you, this is verse 12 of chapter 2, I exhort each one of you, testifying that you walk worthily of the God who calls you. This calling right here is a powerful confidence born in the Christian heart that we're going to make it to the kingdom, we're going to make it to glory, and a life that is worthy of that through faith is freed from sinning as a way of satisfying our souls.